Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the new Mainstream Podcast, where we explore the impact of multicultural consumers on marketing and media. I'm your host, Mario Carrasco, and co-founder of ThinkNow. Today, our guest is Latoya Christian, managing partner at Group M. Latoya, great to have you on, on our podcast. Thank you so much. And um, we've known each other for a couple years now, but please let our listeners know what you do at Group M. Yeah, thank you so much, Mario, for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to be talking with you today. Uh, so as Mario mentioned, uh, my name is Latoya, and I'm a managing partner at Group M uh, based in New York. And I am the lead of the cultural strategy and analytics team, which I'm sure we'll dive into it a little bit more deeper. Uh, however, my role is really working with our clients to bring a certain level of insights and analytics, uh, also with a blend of culture, um, to the work that they do from a media marketing strategy perspective. That's great. And, and um, I'm particularly excited to have you on because for me, Group M is really on the cutting edge of multicultural data and culture data. I mean, I think you're one of the few agencies that took it seriously early on and has really, you know, leaned into that data and analytics standpoint. You, you mentioned culture. Um, what what's the difference between culture, multicultural? I mean, there's a lot of discussions here when you're when you're talking to a client. How, how are you, how do you explain that, or how do how do you view culture versus multicultural? And you know what? When do you use those definitions? Yeah, so definitely um, they have different meanings and, and different uh, definitions depending on who you're talking to. Uh, so the formal name of the team is multicultural, which is really the focus and specialty on uh, ethnic and diverse audiences. So really focusing on Hispanic, African American, Asian. The reason I have a tendency to use culture so much is because I think over time, there, the, the way we're beginning to approach the marketplace has just become so much more inclusive. Um, and a lot of that is definitely in, incorporated uh, from an ethnicity and racial, racial standpoint, but there are moments where it goes so much further than that. And especially as we think about uh, younger generations, specifically millennials and Gen Zs that have uh, been so culturally blended and, and what does that mean and how does that show up? Uh, I personally have used the word culture um, at large because there are some things that are definitely, uh, you know, reflected in how consumers behave based on their ethnicity, but then so much more than just that. Yeah, and you, you bring up a good point, especially when we talk about younger consumers, because at what point do we stop using the word multicultural when the majority, right, if we look at Gen Z, mm -hmm. now it, I, it's the first majority multicultural generation um at that point is does multicultural just turn into culture is that kind of what you're alluding to um <laughs> oh my you're putting me on the spot so, <laughs> so i think for me it's a it's a it, it's personal it's a personal uh choice i would say um you know i do think that we do have to be broader in the way of how we define, I would say from a multicultural standpoint, we do have to go a little bit broader in terms of how we define audiences than just um, an ethnicity and racial standpoint. So I do think that, you know, to your point around what does that mean for younger generations that are majority, 
uh, diverse. Uh, I think that's a relevant point. I'm, I'm not sure if collectively as an industry we're there. I hope we get there sooner rather than later. Um, I will lead the way with continuing <laughs> to use yeah. cultural strategy and marketing. Uh, but for me, like I said, it, it, it really becomes so inclusive of not only just ethnicity, but because we understand that these audiences aren't, you know, monolithic, right? So there's so many other, uh, you know, components that make someone who they are and that drives culture and influences them than only race and ethnicity. And I think that's the point that I try to get to. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, um, I want to learn more about your department, your role. I mean, I, I, you get you're you're on the front lines. You're talking to clients. I mean, what is um, what does a typical engagement look like? I mean, I'm sure it differs client to client, but you know, is there a lot of education happening in terms of how to reach multicultural consumers? And I'm assuming most of your work is digital, um, but you know, is there a lot of education up front on on how to reach multicultural consumers? Are you working mainly with clients who already know the value of, of, of reaching multicultural consumers online and putting real budget and energy there would love to learn more kind of where, how your clients fall on that journey. Yeah. So I think that we have varying degrees of clients, I would say. So, you know, group M is the holding company uh, for a number of agencies. So in my role, I do work across all of the agencies uh, and so what I have encountered is that each client is in a different place, right? We have some clients that come to us, uh, you know, at the onset of their relationship with the agency as a whole, saying that it's really important to me to make sure multicultural and reaching diverse and underrepresented audiences as is a key uh, marketing pillar for me. So I want to make sure that I have that expertise on my account day one. Uh, so we have a number of clients that, you know, they're the ones basically we're, we're getting the business because of the fact that we have this group as a specialty and we're able to continue to add value. So that's, that's one uh, realm. Uh, the other area is we have clients that are existing clients within um, the agencies where we understand that either from a category perspective, uh, you know, different marketplace shifts or even, you know, the teams internally that we work with, uh, there's a real uh, understanding of, we think that this is an opportunity uh, to really go deeper and to be more intentional about connecting with multicultural audiences. So let's have that conversation. And then to your point, there is a lot of education involved there, uh, just to understand, you know, what the opportunity is, possibly trying to quantify it, uh, bringing that data insights and that data rigor uh, to helping our clients understand what does it mean for their business, right? And we always lean in from, you know, what is the business opportunity perspective? Uh, and we have a number of clients that fall into uh, that bucket. Uh, and then we have the, the third set, which are clients who are like, I know there's something there, not really sure, what should I do? Am I equipped to do it? And, you know, that's another area where to your point about the education, that that is where I feel like I've become the teacher the most uh, in terms of helping to guide, guide our clients in that way to better understand not only the marketplace shifts, because there is a reality that maybe prior to 2020, you know, we would have conversations with clients that 
you know, they might not, they might not have been as aware of the marketplace shift um, as, you know, others were. Uh, so we're kind of starting from the ground level up in terms of bringing them that level of education just from a marketplace perspective and then working to build to help them understand what does that mean for their business. So those are the three levels, I would say, in terms of how we're engaging with clients right now. Yeah, that that's super helpful. And I think this is a good lead-in into the conversation we were having right before we started recording about you you have a whole influx of customers now right yeah. we we both we both do yeah. focusing on multicultural consumers with everything that's happening uh from a social justice perspective black lives matter um putting really at the forefront black consumers brown consumers um i mean i don't know what my question was going to be but <laughs> it's <laughs> But we're we're getting an influx. I mean, and I'm assuming a lot of. Well, I guess that's the question: is you know, are a lot are the 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 companies coming to you now? Um, do you see them falling into more bucket three? Like, hey, we we know this is going on. Help us out. And I mean, how do you how do you approach clients like that 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 are coming to you because of um, of what's happening? And um, I mean, do you do you lead with data again, or what 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 does that look like for you? Yeah. So the one thing I would say, and, you know, I, I want to be very clear, this is in no way, shape or form, you know, trying to imply that, you know, we have it all figured out uh, at Group M and all our clients have it figured out. Obviously, I went through the three layers of, you know, where we are. Uh, but when I, one thing that I do think is helping us in this process and helping our clients, um, as well as our teams internally, is that, you know, for us, really putting the level of emphasis and importance on these audiences is not new to us, right? We obviously, as I mentioned, I'm part of a, a division that this is what our expertise and practices. And then also agency-wide, we have put a number of initiatives in place to really help push our clients, you know, if, if, if for lack of better words, to really you know, get them on board and really understand what is happening, not only in the marketplace, but how that applies to their business. So in 2019, uh, Group M launched the New Majority Ready Coalition, um, which was a coalition that really is focusing on helping brands to better adapt to the changing U.S. demographics and what does that mean for audience planning and media strategies. And so to your point, we were going to clients, you know, with our media and publishing partners, with the data, really helping them to understand what this means for their business and how they need to respond and act accordingly. So for a number of our clients, even the ones that I would say historically fell in bucket three, you know, like, oh, I think there's something there, I'm not sure, they, there was a certain level of knowledge that was already being shared with them. So I think what this moment has done is to help accelerate those conversations and to help build on those conversations. There's the one thing that I would uh, say now more than ever is that I think that maybe before where we might have felt that we are trying to, you know, use the data to, you know, I have to build this mountainous case and convince you of why to do this. I think that it's becoming a little bit um you know, just clear 
You know, so while we're still letting the data tell the story and quantify the opportunity, um, we're getting a lot more responsiveness, I would say, um, just based on what has happened in the last two to three months. Um, so that has been helpful in, in helping to propel that initiative, I would say. That's such a good point. And you make a great point about you've been doing this, right? Because so have we. I mean, we, we, we've been around for 10 years and there, there was a, there was a moment there when, you know, we were getting an influx of clients and calls and completely new, right? Just, Mm -hmm. Hey, we, we know we need to research. And there was a, there was a little bit of, of guilt on my part. Like, ah, this, you know, this is weird, right? What's happening from a social justice perspective and working with brands. But then, but then I I looked back and said, you know what, we, we've been doing this for a long time and we've been, um, highlighting the importance of these audiences for a long time. So I shouldn't feel guilty because this is, this is what we do. And it's good to hear, um, not to say that you felt guilty, but good to hear that you have that same approach of like, we, we were ready for this and we know how important it is. And I think, you know, I feel good doing the work we do and helping clients reach these audiences in a culturally sensitive way. Right. And, and, um, you know, our big thing is this is not a, this is not a campaign. This is really a, a commitment. Um, yeah. and, and, and the fact that we have the data, we have longitudinal data for the past several years. Um, I think that really helps clients to like make that commitment for the long term. Yeah, I think that what you hit on is a really important um, thing to, to reiterate, cut the commitment. Uh, because, you know, one of the things, especially in the multicultural space, um, and you probably know this, uh, just as well as I do, is that, you know, while we do have clients who are, who have been committed, uh, to this work and others who are, uh, you know, starting to lean in a little bit more, the one thing that I always, you know, even prior to the last two to three months, I always say, be in it for the commitment, right? You know, don't dip your toes in and, you know, pull back out or, you know, you come in and maybe something doesn't look the exact same way uh, that you thought it would look. And so you, you pull all your dollars or you pull, you know, your strategies, you know, working to connect with this audience. And so I, I just wanted to re- reiterate your point about the commitment. And I think that's what, you know, the NMR initiative um, was striving to do to really hold not only our clients, but ourselves as an agency accountable. And then we've even gone further in terms of our commitment and accountability with developing the multicultural marketplace, which launched, I think, about three weeks ago uh, with Group M as well. So, you know, be in it for the long haul. Definitely. I think that's that's been my takeaway um, this year in 2020. It's, it's, um, it's not a social media post. It's not one ad. It's not one ad. It's really a, a rethinking, uh, a rethinking of your marketing with this consumer in mind. Um, t- tell us more. I, I I I haven't heard about the multicultural marketplace. I, what 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 is that? Yeah. So kind of going back to you know our commitment and and being intentional with how we connect and reach these audiences. You know, one of the things that it just was always a mind boggling that where it's like you have 40% of the marketplace is of diverse 
um, consumers, ethnically and racially diverse, yet there's only 5% of advertising dollars that, you know, go towards environments um, that are contextually relevant to these audiences, right? So you have to be concerned, I would think, of, you know, as you're trying to put these messages and strategies into, into the marketplace, like where are they landing? Are they, are they even landing um, in the right places, in the right environment to then connect with these audiences, right? So you could have the best creative in the world, but if the environment and the context is not going to be one where the audience is receptive to your messaging and what you're saying, it, it kind of falls flat. So the multicultural marketplace um, is uh, a digital-based uh, marketplace that is working with a number of publishing partners uh, to really evaluate what are those sites and platforms that, from a reach perspective and a contextual relevancy perspective, are the best environments for connecting with Hispanic and Black consumers. And so it, it starts to bring the work we're doing from, you know, the data and insights and the strategy realm all the way down to uh, the media execution and placement, it, it helps to bring it full circle. And so I think that that becomes a really important part of the overall journey and really beginning to move the needle and reaching these audiences in, in meaningful ways. So that's the goal of the multicultural marketplace. That's great. And I, I love how you're positioning it as environment. Um, I, I think that's just, that's a great word that encapsulates how we should be thinking about digital when it comes to culture, when it comes to multicultural, especially in light of this pandemic, right? Like in, in this environment, we're literally living online um, and, and um, thinking about it in an environment, I feel like brings culture and how you interact and the importance of where your mis- messaging sits. Um, I think that's, that's, that's really great. Um, believe it or not, we, we are almost here at our, our 20 minute mark. Um, I wanted, I did, I want to ask one last question. Um, you know, one thing I like to ask people on the agency side that come in the podcast is like an, an insight that you can share with us, that you can share with the audiences that really changed the way that you thought about the new mainstream, um, or the new majority consumer. Is there any study insight, um, learning that really stands out to you that was like an aha moment? Um, you know, for me, it's, you know, because since I do consider myself a part of, you know, the, the new majority, if you will, um, I think that a lot of the data and insights as a, as a marketer that I've seen, it, it very much aligns to, you know, what I expected it uh, to be. I think more recently, more recently, excuse me, the, the one thing that has stuck out to me more is um, the disconnect uh, between us as marketers really, you know, trying to go in the marketplace and thinking we're being intentional and thinking we're, you know, doing the right thing by these audiences, but realizing that on the, uh, on the receiving end of this, um, you know, when you think about black and brown consumers, they still feel like they don't see themselves represented or they think that when we're, you know, brands have put statements out, it's only for the bottom line. And that, like, I think I saw a recent report that said almost 70% of, uh, you know, black consumers felt that way and about 68% of all consumers felt that way. 
So that, for me, the aha there is, you know, yes, we are, you know, working with brands and they are profit focused, but then how do we become more purpose driven as well um, to make sure that we're building the right level of equity with these consumers beyond um, only selling them something. Uh, so for me, that has become a, a major uh, point for me, I would say, in the last two to three months and just really trying to work with our clients and our brands to be more intentional in building that equity with these communities. That's a that's such a good point, and we we've done research on that as well. And um, I didn't know about the seventy percent, but what what we do know is that it's all about authenticity, mm-hmm. and how each brand approaches that is very different. Um, because there's brands that have built in authenticity, built in equity, like Nike, um, and other brands that you know just put out a statement or. Um, and and consumers, and I would say especially multicultural consumers, are are really really good BS. Yeah. Uh, yes. Detectors. You know, <laughs> BS detectors, right? More now yeah. more than ever, and so yeah, no, you're you're totally right. So um, under uh, that, that, this is this is we, we we made a full circle. It goes back to the data understanding that consumer and really, you know, creating um, content that resonates with them in, a, in an authentic way. Yeah. And showing up in the right places to deliver it. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Latoya, uh, for joining the new mainstream podcast. This was a, this was a great conversation. It was good to talk to you again. Nice talking to you too, Mario. And if people want to connect with you on social or Group M, um, what's the best place to find you? Sure. So I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Latoya Christian, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at IMLTChristian. Awesome. Thanks again, Latoya, and thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone listening in. To get more multicultural insights, check us out at thinknow.com and follow us on social media. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. Final thank you to our producer, Lucas Martinez, who created our intro music and makes our podcast sound great. To email him, reach out to martinez.lucas.a at gmail.com.